From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland Timbers soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers, I'm Jason. And I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, doing pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, not bad. How's that Guinness treating you? Oh, fantastic. Or no, you didn't go Guinness. That's Guinness no, that's is on the far the, end. That's the far. So uh, we got a little uh, in celebration. You didn't have a St. Patty's Day. I sure didn't. Uh, I bought a bunch of uh, Irish stouts. Fantastic. So uh, we're going to do a little Irish stout uh, kind of taste off. So Cool. Um, so you're drinking O'Hara's, O'Hara's Irish stout. stout. This is on nitro. And they got it on nitro. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, what do you think of that bad boy? So, You know, it's actually really good. Um, smooth, malty. It's smooth. It's actually malt. Pretty mal- It's a lot maltier than yeah. what I expected. And then it's, it's a little more than, bitter on the back end. I think it's maltier than the Guinness. Like when you taste the Guinness, it's like a lot more. Oh, yeah, a ton more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also uh, more bitter. It is. Yeah. Than, than Guinness is, without a doubt. It's got more of that uh, <clears throat> inherent, super dark, roasty, um, what do you want to call it? The, the definite precursors to the stouts. Well, they say a traditional Irish stout with a roasted, robust flavor and dry espresso-like finish. You definitely taste the roast. Yeah, pretty pretty down to the tea. So, cool, buddy. Well, it's been a while, so we've been uh, busy. I had a uh, little event, so uh, <laughs> little little event that's <laughs> going to cost me. So, um, thought I was pulling a co-host uh, incident. Yeah. So uh, February seventh, started having some chest pain and uh, ended up with a bunch of ambulance rides and. Lots of pictures of what was going on inside of me. So, turns out, it was the vid, COVID. That's just mind-boggling. Yeah. That that would mimic a heart attack. Well, so, I ended up with myocarditis, which is an infection of the heart. Yeah. And when your heart's infected, which is not supposed to be, right? Um, it's going to spasm and do the same thing. So, sure. Yeah. That makes sense. But crazy. Crazy that I was, I was one of those guys they warned us about. So, and imagine... If I wasn't vaccinated, could have been a bad scenario. Could have been really bad. But uh, here we are, one month and a week, and I'm kicking. I'm still kicking some ass. Which is good. Yeah, there we go. Very good. All right, well, so uh, I figured today we're going to take a little bit of twist. So it's spring. Today is the spring equinox. That means that uh, we're like 50% of daylight, 50% of nightlight. So longest day of the year? Uh, I think that's June, right? Oh, is it? Yeah, I think we're like 50-50 years. Oh, like that's that. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah and yeah. then it swings out to June, and then right. we get longer. But but the official mark of spring. So a lot of people are out in their gardens planting, doing yeah. their thing. Um, and I got to thinking, I'm like, what have we not talked about before? We should talk about planting hops. Ooh. So I figured uh, we'll do a little snippet later on uh, hop harvest. 
Sorry, not hop harvest, hop planting. Yeah. And uh, if you go to the local homebrew shops, all of them, including some folks in Yakima, and a lot of the hop farms are selling rhizomes right now. Yep. And you can plant these things in containers. You can put them in the ground. You can do a lot of stuff here. And then grow your own hops. So something that's pretty cool for homebrewers. Definitely. And uh, I grow my hops. So I've got a Mount Hood, Centennial, and Cascade growing in the backyard. Right. I was actually adjusting my hop poles this year to be a little bit better than last year. So you could do some correct pole dancing on them? That's right. So my hops can do pole dancing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it pulled down. If I remember, the hop weight got so heavy, yeah. it pulled down the cable. So. Totally did. Um, and that's not going to happen this year, by God. So, super reinforced, huh? Oh, big, big reinforcements. Nice. So, but uh, yeah. So I moved the stakes around today and let those sink in, and then uh, I'll run the wires and pull some drop lines, and then we'll be good. So cool. But yeah. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll do a little review on these beers, and then I thought we would do something kind of cool. Um, you brought a Black Butte Porter. Correct. And I have a non-alcoholic Black Butte Porter. Yes. And we thought we'd do a little tasty taste and see uh, what we can pull off out of that. So, yeah. Uh, can we recognize the non-alcoholic beer? So It'll be interesting. Yeah, sure, sure will. And then, of course, we've got beer news. Um, there's a few things that have been going on since uh, we've been off the air here. And there's a shit ton of beer Kickstarter. Really? So, yeah, we'll go in that. All right. Well, let's. Well, first of all, have you tried number two yet? I have. What'd you try? Actually, I've t- I've tried four. Actually, you've tried all four of them? No, no, no. I tried four and three. Yeah, yeah. And one. What'd you think of three? But I have not tried two yet. So three is block fifteen. So the guys that do sticky hands, mm-hmm. it's their dry Irish stout called Flavorable Fortune. Tastes a lot. Like the O'Hara's. Oh, really? Minus the nitro. Super roasty. Yeah, it's interesting the CO2 bite compared to the nitro. Yeah. Right? Very interesting. A little bit brighter for some reason, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the CO2 that does that. Um, and then the what second one, but the third one we're trying, is Life of the Patty. And it's by 5440 Beer. So that's the uh, brewery, 5440. Okay. Life of the Patty, Irish-style stout. And for some reason it says, bang on. I don't know what that means. Ah, bang on. Bang on. We might start using that, dude. Uh, I think it's an Irish saying. This is less roasty. And the carbonation is way nice on that. Yes. Is that a... I don't think it's nitro. No. It tastes... More like the Guinness does. Yeah, it's soft. And it's, yeah, very soft. Yeah, then the Guinness is nitro, can of nitro here, and it's standard Guinness. It's t- yummy, yummy, yummy. Yeah. The creamy head. Yeah, it's interesting that those two uh, taste very similar, and the other two taste very similar. Yeah, and that's just how I kind of poured them out. So yeah. a Guinness and Life of the Patty taste very similar. Block 15, Favorable Fortune, and O'Hara's tastes very similar. So if you like your Irish stouts more on the roasty side, the Block 15 and the O'Hara's is the way to go. Oh, definitely. definitely. If you like it a little softer, a little more smooth, then uh, your Guinness and your your uh, Life of the Patty, the, the what, who was it? 
Life of the Patty, 5440. 5440. Yeah, those those two are the, the smoother of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree. So, All right, well, let's uh, learn a little bit about hops and uh, see what's going on, and we'll come back at you after this brief little snippet on how to grow hops at home. is a plant that's essential to brewing beer, but it's also a beautiful ornamental accent for the garden. I'll show you how to plant them. Hops are native to Europe, Asia, and North America. The plants are hardy in USDA zones three to eight. They like deep, sandy loam soil the best, and they like a pH of six to 7.5. Full sun is ideal. Hops are planted from rhizomes, like this little root cutting. And this ensures that you have a female cone-bearing plant, which is a clone from a proven performer. If you grow hops from seeds, you'll get some male plants that don't bear cones and make the female cones seedy, which is not good for brewing. Plant your rhizomes in the spring, as soon as the soil can be worked. In my area, that's February or March. They can be planted as late as June in cooler climates. See these little bud eyes? These need to be pointing up. Build a mound about six inches tall. Dig a trench in the top of your mound and lay the rhizome on its side in the trench. Cover it with one inch of soil and two to three inches of mulch. The mulch helps keep moisture in the soil. You don't want the hops to dry out, but you also don't want to overwater. Overwatering can rot the roots. Hops typically don't need much fertilizer, but they can benefit from a spring application of a high nitrogen, low phosphorus fertilizer. And most fruit tree foods have an analysis like that. Hops can grow over 20 feet in one season, so they're going to need something to grow on. Hops are not vines, they are vines. Vines climb using tendrils to reach out and grab, but vines climb by wrapping around something clockwise in the northern hemisphere and counterclockwise in the southern hemisphere. A simple and effective trellis is to have a 10-foot pole with several heavy-duty strings attached and stapled down to the base of the rhizome. Rough twine like this hemp twine makes it easy for the binds to climb. When your binds are one foot tall, start training them onto your trellis. Wrap the strong shoots clockwise around the twine or trellis and allow two binds per string, and then repeat the training three times, about two weeks apart. The first year, your hops will be putting more energy into their roots and give you about half of a normal crop. The next year, expect 75%, and the third year, a full crop. In winter, usually around January or February, brush the dirt away from your mound and prune the roots. These rootlets are now the hops spread. In order to control them, they need to be pruned back annually. The cuttings can be used to propagate more hops. Cut back the surface roots with a sharp knife or pruner and leave the crown. While I'm waiting for my hops plants to mature, we're going to harvest out here at Sierra Harvest's Food Love Project, where they have a teepee full of hops. Cut off any other shoots you see and snip off any low lateral branching. The hop spines will grow lateral branches, and that's where the cones will be born. Air circulation is important because hops are susceptible to downy mildew. Hops are harvested in August or September. The cones are ready to harvest when they're springy and dry and a little sticky to the touch. You should be able to see the yellow lupulin. An immature cone will feel moist and not have a strong aroma. It will not bounce back into shape if you squeeze it or poke it. 
You can either do several hand pickings, which is what I'm doing, as the cones become ready. The other way to harvest is to wait until they're all mature and then just cut the twine and the binds from the top and bring them all down to about one foot from the ground. If you choose to do several pickings, you will still eventually have to cut down and remove the binds. I suggest composting them, or you can use them to propagate new hops plants. Hops need to be dried, or they won't store well, and they could mold. You can dry them on a window screen, but a dehydrator is much more efficient. Your dehydrator should be set to about 140 degrees Fahrenheit, and it'll take about 12 hours. Top should be done after about 12 hours. A properly dried hops should be springy and the upulin should fall out easily. The central stem should be flexible. You can bag your hops and put it in the freezer over the winter. I'm using a shielding seal to bag mine, which is a vacuum sealer. That way it will stay fresh. this beautiful and easy to grow edible and grow organic for life all right how to grow hops very interesting yeah you know um <laughs> sandy loam soil that's certainly not what my hops are growing in no it's clay and she makes it sound like it's it's this beautiful decorative garden plant. Well, she's coming at it from a decorative, not necessarily a brewing <laughs> side of things. But uh, we both know that that, that plant can be very devastating to gardens. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it goes apeshit. I mean, there's one little rhizome spike that I had, little thing, yeah. is now a, like, ball, a root ball of hell <laughs> for each of them. And I've got three of them. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to divide them. And maybe I'll sell my own rhizomes. Maybe next you can year. sell your rhizomes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. If you want a Portland Tim Beers approved Mount Hood, Cascaded, or Centennial rhizomes, put in your order now for next year. There you go. There you go. Grown with love. Uh, grown <laughs> with something. <laughs> maybe not love. <laughs> so, all right. So, well, now we're. Uh, at least five more minutes into this uh, beer tasting here. It's not yeah. doing too bad. These are pretty decent beers. They're not too heavy. Like, from a, I mean, this is like, what do we say Guinness is? Like five, six percent? Uh, I think it's only five. Yeah. Like five percent or 5.4 or something like that. And then when we look at Life of the Patty, these um, guys are at a Washugal. Washugal. Washington, oh, 4.3%. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going lightweight today. We're I wondered why we're not feeling anything. Um, block 15, they're probably going to be high. I'm guessing. Maybe. Nope, 5%. 5%, okay. Yeah. And then O'Hara's, any guesses? Uh, I would say probably in the 5% range as well with that toasty. 43 43 Yeah. See, here's what I'm starting to notice in this taste test. What do you got? That the Irish stouts tend to be lower ABV. Even though they're a stout, they're low in alcohol. Um, I'm wondering if that's because they still have to go to work after drinking them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird. 
because uh, from a traditional standpoint, the Europeans always talk about their damn beer kicking the hell out of American beers, right? But uh, these but, are light. But was that by ABV or was that by taste? Well, traditionally their beers are stronger and all that. Um, they always talk about how weak American beers used to be, but then yes. yeah, or, uh, American craft beers took off. Yeah, American craft beers are. You talk about an American stout these days, and most people are, are anticipating you to be in the seven to eight range for a stout. That's borderline bargain line as far as traditional brewing oh, goes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually dig this life of the patty, man, with a little bit of the CO two bite. Yeah, because the very uh, good. the Guinness. I mean, I like the Guinness, but the Guinness is almost watery on the nitro. It's a little bit like like there's no crispness to it, which is on purpose. Which is what right. nitro does to yeah. the beer. Yeah, but this life of the patty is not too crisp. Nope, it's kind of a light CO two, and you get the roasty kind of Guinness type flavor to it. It's pretty good. It starts on the sweet side. And then it finishes it on a nice dry, with no back back aftertaste to it at all. I really like that. But if I'm if I'm really being honest, the Block Fifteen is fucking that's badass, man. I especially as it's warming up. Oh, you liking that? I'm you liking, liking that roastiness? Yeah, I like the roastiness. Well, you're a coffee guy, though. I am a coffee guy. Yeah, the Block Fifteen, and it pours like motor oil. Oh, it does, but it's. What did we say? 5%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very dark, super dark. Um, there's no way you're seeing through that. I mean, that's a dark beer. Well, you could see through it if you had x-ray vision like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking like we've had 10% beers. Now, now you're talking <laughs> like it's starting to hit you. Yeah. All right, man. Well, what else, what else is going on? How's home brewing going? So You know... I'm really disappointed in myself. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I was going to brew the White Stout the last time we talked on air, and I have not gotten to it. Really? Um, yeah. I got sick. Um, I have traveled. Not... We knew that. Yeah. Traveled and then got sick after travel, and it is just made it so I don't want to do anything, um, which is kind of sad. So I'm right there with Timmy. Timmy, I'm pretty sure, hasn't brewed anything either. No, he's not brewed anything. Um, you know where Timmy's at? He's in Mexico. Yeah, he's in Cabo. Yeah, he's following yeah. what you did. Yeah, I don't know about that. but he's, <laughs> he's, See, look. That guy's always traveling, dude. Look, first of all, we got in trouble for talking about his significant other. Tim was not happy about that. Okay. But Tim lives a very charmed life. Very charmed. Yes. Because of his significant other. <laughs> right. I'm just going to throw that out there. He does. And so, Tim, we abused him quite a bit, but it's because we're jealous of Tim because of his privileged life that he has. Well, there's that. He doesn't have to work. No. He... Yet he still says he's a teacher. Yeah, he's not. No. He's too far gone out of I don't of think that. he's taught in like two years, dude. I so, know. Yeah. It's probably more like three. Maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, he's staying home with the son, right? So, I mean, there's something something to be that. Oh, there's so, a lot to that. Absolutely. Irregardless, yeah. he's... Um, he's living no doubt. He's living another life. He's and living so there's no reason local. for him not to brew. Because he's roasting coffee now. Exactly. Right? So, but yeah. So, now he's in Cabo. He's enjoying himself. And he. Uh, it's fun to listen to him 
uh, hey, I saw such and such's boat, and there's a huge yacht in the bay, and there's this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I was there the last week. So, But, yeah, Cabo's beautiful. I brought some Cabo beers home. Oh, uh, interesting. So we'll try those in a future uh, episode. Yeah. They've got, uh, well, we'll save it. So there's presidential figures on the uh, on the bottles of the beer. So, Sounds fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So it'll be good times. And what else? I tried to hook up a uh, interview with um, Baja Brewing that didn't necessarily work out. Yeah, actually never made it to Baja Brewing. Wow. Um, ended up at a tequila tasting, private tequila <laughs> tasting instead, <laughs> with about three hundred bucks in tequila. Um, Yikes! Coming home, but but it's yeah. smooth tequila, correct? It does not like. I will be surprised. I bet I could serve it to you and say it's bourbon, and you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's bourbon. Tell the after effects. No, well, no, maybe. If you start punching holes in my sheetrock. Then you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) True story. Um, On that note, so I have the same damn blessed tequila mash sitting behind me. Um, we learned that it's supposed to be fermenting at 90 degrees. 90 degrees. So, kids, most yeast likes about 7 degrees. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's not 90 degrees up here. And that, well, so I bought a seed mat. Yeah. I wrapped a seed mat around it, and I am holding it at 85 degrees. And still not happy. And it's at 1.03 today. Ooh, getting close. It started at 7. Yeah, so getting Getting close, but yeah. the problem is I've been at 1.03 for like a week. That's not a good sign. No. But part of that is, while I was in Cabo, I didn't want to leave the seed mat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I killed the seed mat. And it got cold while you guys were in Cabo. Yeah, it was, it was cold. Yeah. But then, like, the yeast all goes to sleep, and then when I kick the seed mat back on, basically it's got to wake back up and right. do its thing. So, so yeah, it's it's doing its thing, but um, <laughs> I may not have... <laughs> May not have tequila for uh, Cinco de Mayo. Well, I think I'm going to run it. So I'm in Sun River this week. Yep. I'm going to run it when I get back, and then, but it's not going to sit on the oak long enough. And so, mm. so I started a new batch. So I this agave, blue agave that I got, was from like the Cash and Carry. Okay. It's a big one gallon jug yeah. with uh, raw sugar. Uh, that I mixed in, and so this this is good. And this is the same tequila recipe that I made in the past. The I went to Trader Joe's and they sell blue agave syrup in like little teeny squeeze bottles. Yeah, for like two ninety nine. I'm like, oh, well, shit. So I took three or four of those, put them into a three gallon uh, Tillamook ice cream bucket. Okay, with some raw sugar, and it brought it up to one point oh seven oh. Okay. And so then I cast the tequila yeast into it. And so I've got another batch of tequila going downstairs, but it's not got no seed blanket on it. So it's sitting at 65 degrees. So it's not so, sitting at the temperature. Yeah, I need, I need to not do this and I need to wait until the summertime to make tequila, but I'm impatient. Or we need to get you a way to heat that. What I need to do is turn my house up to 90 degrees. No, no. No, no. No. <laughs> no, no. We just need to get you a better way to temperature control your uh, fermenters. 
Well, I have the t- I have the stainless steel fermenter downstairs, right? Correct. And I can easily do that. That's the same concept as this thing here. But but why aren't you? Because it's a three gallon batch. It's not even that. It's not even worth plugging in my. Fr- and you know what? At the end of the day, I should, but I didn't. You should. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> no. So what you're saying is we need to figure out how to get you a smaller fermenter. No. Like a three-gallon no, fermenter. point taken, I should use the equipment that I've got. I got it. Like, But <laughs> that being said, I didn't, and I got two buckets of <laughs> Now you got two buckets washed. of nothing. Yeah. So, well, it's going to happen. Like, see, what I would gun. be interested in to see you doing is dumping these two together in your five-gallon fermenter, cranking it to 90 and see what it does. Yeah, could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work, and I leave tomorrow. So It is <laughs> probably, a lot of work. Likely probably not going to happen. So <laughs> probably what's going to happen is I'm going to go to Sun River next week, and These are still I'm going to get back, dormant. and that's still going to be at 1.030. Yeah, they'll be dormant. Yeah, the other one definitely is going to be dormant because there's no heat on it. But, but see, then, then that's the beauty of it. You could come back, combine them. Crank it up to ninety. Yeah. Let them go. I agree. I agree. That may happen. So, or I may just run them right now. <laughs> Shit. Five percent alcohol or whatever it's got inside of it. My yield's going to be low. Like really low. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, let's uh, jump over to your favorite subject. My favorite subject: beer news. Yes. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Beer news. Lots of it. You think so? No, probably not. Well, so I'm, I'm digging through here going, all right, so what's happened in the last several weeks? Because there's a lot of stuff that's happened, right? <laughs> there's, I mean, there is Russia a lot invaded of Ukraine. Yep. Yeah. And so we're going to see a decrease in grains available. People are dumping dumping vodka and anything Russian like crazy, yep. as they should. So. Yep. Um, yeah, grain prices are going to go through the roof. Gas yeah. prices are through the roof, so distribution is going to be increased food prices are gonna go crazy food prices yeah it's it's just been a gong show going on so um, but when I'm digging in here one of the things that will go rewind for the last four six weeks four to six weeks each Alan sprints retiring man yes so done and gone huge news there shutting it down it sounds like his son's not taking on the brewery or he just wants to make sure the name doesn't live on without his creative touch with it. Well, he seemed like like he was okay with his son doing we it. We thought right? that, but something obviously happened in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, it, I mean, to me, that's the biggest beer news that's coming on. Is that's that huge. He's, he's bailing. He's like, look, all right, this thing's done. So, um, Bridge to Brews. So, this is a road running race. Happens April 10th. There's an 8K and a 10K. And there's uh, some beer drinking that goes along with the five k or the eight k and the ten k race. I just don't understand that. <laughs> Why? I just don't see how you could run, dehydrate your body, and then pump it full of beer. I know, but you know what? People are doing it. People do so, it all the time. Doing it, doing it. So, um, what else we got? So Mick Menemans hosted a whole slurry of events on St. Patrick's Day. So they're okay. known for doing a big St. Patrick's Day celebration. Yeah. 
And so um, it seems like McMenamins is shifting over to be a music-focused, beer-focused, but also music-focused. And so they're building a new outdoor amphitheater at the Forest Grove location. Okay. And then Kalama obviously got their amphitheater. Yep. So they're really doing this concert thing. Um, But I think they want to do this experience McMenamins thing. And so St. Patrick's Day, for the first time since COVID hit us, is back on, and so they did a pretty awesome job of putting on St. Patrick's Day inspired events. So, cool, pretty good stuff. What else we got? So, in Oregon beer news, um, Andrew Miner over at the Oregonian often does a pretty good job of kind of highlighting what's going on in the Oregon brew scene. Um, and so, what he really did in the Oregonian uh, recently was point out that Pono Brewing is going to open their first tap room in the former home of Laurelwood Brewing. Oh, really? Um, so there's a nice article about that piece, but Laurelwood's tap room or brewery shut down a while ago, and Pono's yeah. going to pop it open. So now you can get that Pono Pineapple Kolsch. Which was amazing. This is amazing, which I've seen in cans now. It's really good beer. That you can get that over there. So that's kind of cool. Um, what else we got? Fracture, Portland's newest brewery, so Fracture like I broke my arm, yeah. is taking over the Burnside Brewing spot. So okay. that'll be kind of cool. And what else? There's a couple other things that were in here. Uh, three-way, the three-way IPA series. With Fort we know George. That, yep. Yeah, Varietal wasn't yep. it last year with them. Yep. We were part of that. Um, three-way is now being brewed, or at least a couple weeks ago was being brewed. And so the breweries thrown into this year um, are kind of crazy. Um, let's see. What are we seeing here? So obviously three-way is uh, Fort George and two guest breweries. And now I'm spacing. Let's see. And they didn't announce who their two guests are this year? Oh, they are. They were in my brain, and then I just totally forgot them. <clears throat> let's called old age. So, yeah, it's exactly what it was. So, last year, 2021, it was Moonraker and Varietal. 2020, it was Level Beer and Structures Brewing. And this year, it's, oh, Ravenna out of Seattle and Alvarado Street out of Monterey, California. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, this is a this is a pretty stored thing that they do, and people line up for these. And now, they I find it to... really interesting on this. Yeah. Is, is I would have figured that Fort George would, with the creativity that they've got, would have done a three way that's a different beer recipe every time, but it's not. It's no. always that IPA. Yeah, and that's what really is fascinating to me. That they've stuck to that, but they've changed the players every year. But it's the take on by those players on that recipe, right? Correct. Their take on it. It's their interpretation of what that is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yet it's different every year. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, all right. Let's see any other beer news as we float around here. Stone Brewing is looking for buyers. So... They owe their investor a lot of money. They do. $464 million Yeah, is sitting there. So Boston Beer somehow interconnected into this thing. So pay attention to that because that one's funky. Um, what else we got? I think that's really about it for now. Um, 
What do we know about, uh, I guess, kind of beer news? The Hills Brew Fest. Yes. Um, yes, yes. We attended that. So that was yep. a pretty good festival with we Art Lawrence and all. Turned 78 during the middle of it. So Ooh. good old Art. So we had a good Still time. Still kicking strong. Yeah, a little bit, little bit low in attendance. Yes. Probably needs to work on some ways of making it more of an event. But the beer selection was good. That and and I think you're still fighting the whole the 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 COVID crowd phenomenon. That yep. you know, once COVID restrictions are fully lifted, which they mostly are now, and you get another year into it, and people are back to normal, and you don't have any big spikes, you don't have all this other crap going on. I think that venue will take off quite a bit. Um, I liked that it was indoors, so you didn't have to worry about the weather. That was kind of nice. Yeah. But it does limit his numbers. Totally. And then, uh, similar to that, beer festivals are starting to come back. OBF's going to come back. Art's going to have another beer festival in September. Yeah. Um, The Baker's Dozen, which we had Brian Yeager on uh, a couple years ago, right before COVID, when COVID hit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Baker's Dozen is donuts and coffee-based beers. Exactly. And that is back on. So anybody that's got a ticket from the original event is good to go, unless you got a refund, which right. we didn't. Um, April 9th at the John's Marketplace on Southeast Powell. So this is going to be a wonderful place to have beers and, and donuts. donuts that the donuts were made to complement the beers or vice versa. That's the part that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's going to be kind of exciting. Um Again, Brian, Brian can put on a good show, and mm-hmm. I think this is going to be fun. Um, what are they saying? So, Barley Browns is going to be there. Ecliptic, Fracture, Great Notion, Lyca, McMinimins, Little Beast, Pono, um, all sorts of things here. Bakeries include Angels, Annie's, Big Elephant, Blue Star, Churros, Delicious Heavenly, Joe's Donuts out of uh, Sandy, which yeah, is those guys make a great donut. Yeah. Nola Donuts was New Orleans Donuts, so yep. yeah, this thing should be uh, off the hook. It should be pretty good. So, Barley Browns is doing made with Sobernaz coffee, a coffee beer um, from a roaster out of Baker City. So that should be Ooh. interesting. I mean, they got who they're doing coffee beer with. Let's yeah, see. let's see. Coava Coffees with Great Notion. That's interesting. And the interesting thing I remember about that interview is is he talked about it, that a lot of times these brewers will get together with the bakeries and they'll use similar ingredients in the beers um, so that they really complement each other. Well, I want to see what McMenamins does here. McMenamins is using their house-roasted coffee. Okay. Okay. That's aged in house-distilled hogshead whiskey. Ooh. So it's a whiskey-based coffee. That's interesting. <laughs> now we're starting to really delve into some some really interesting aspects yeah. of this whole cross. I would call it contamination. Yep. People would say, no, 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 it's, it's something else. No, it's cross-contamination, people. Totally. You're putting coffee in a whiskey barrel. That's a contamination. Yeah. It, I'm not saying it's bad. But it is a contamination. It is. Yeah. Well, so if you're interested, tickets still available. Um, just type in Baker's Dozen. It's Saturday, April 9th from 10 to 1 p.m. So pretty short window. Very short. Um, but fantastic beer selection and fantastic donut selection. And uh, Brian, we look 
forward to seeing you out there and having some of the beer and coffee two years overdue. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. All right. That's what we've got for beer news. All right. We're back. Good beer news. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that Baker's Dozen. So that uh, coffee, beer, donuts. You know, I'm not a big coffee fan. But coffee, you use coffee in your beers. But there, is, there are certain coffees with beers that taste amazing. Um, Guinness coffee. Yes, that's one. Um, some of the the roasts that you've done for me on just obscure coffee beans that we found have turned out really well on beers. Yet for some reason, I just cannot drink a cup of coffee to save my life. Yeah, I mean it's acquired taste, right? But a coffee beer. With a, a donut. donut, which I'm a sucker for. Kind of the sweetness and the... Should be pretty amazing. ...yeasty thing of the donuts. Yeah. Yeah, as long as the donuts don't get too crazy, it's like uh, right. some mango... Which Blue Star is notorious for. ...ketchup donut or something like that. <laughs> ketchup donut. Somebody puts pickles on donuts and punching them. No pickles on the donuts. There's a challenge to you, people. No? No Put pickles, pickles on, on the a donut. donut. Nope. I'll nope. step in the way. All right. Well, let's uh, pause here, and then we will come back with two beers for a blind taste test. Oh, yes. Of Black Butte and non-alcoholic. Will we be able to tell the difference? Oh, for sure. You probably will. I don't know that I will. We got this. Okay. All right. We'll be back. (laughs) Here's two good friends. Tonight is kind of special. The beer we'll pour must say something more somehow. So tonight, tonight, let it be lone brown. Let's be lone brown. It's been so long. Hey, I'm glad to see you. Raise your glass. Here's to health and happiness. So tonight, tonight, let it be all the best. When you're with good friends having good times, don't just have a beer. Have a low and brown. Because good friends and good times deserve the taste of a great beer. And there's really only one. Low and brown. Tonight, let it be low and brown. All right, we're back. The beer challenge. Outside to inside. So you're outside? Yep. So we have, just to reset this thing, non-alcoholic Black Butte Porter with regular Black Butte Porter. Debbie's blinded them for us. And Gary just took his first sip of the outside one. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. That right there is non-alcoholic. <laughs> I'm going to reserve what I say. You're going to reserve? Really? Yeah, that's... But I'm in... Almost total agreement with you on that, but I'm enough. Yep, not even close. <laughs> oh wait, mm, no, I'm second guessing. Nope, I'm sticking with it. Outside is non-alcoholic. Inside is beer. Oh, let me smell them. Yeah, no, I'm sticking with it. Outside, the first one is non-alcoholic. It, if you smell it, it's grainy. You don't even have to worry about the smell. You can taste the alcohol. Yeah, there you go. The alcohol's got the burn, especially if you breathe through your nose. I don't. I breathe through my butt. 
<laughs> All right, we need Debbie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. You got that? Yep. Yeah. So Outside's you. Outside's alcohol, non-alcoholic, and the inside is alcohol. Yeah, it's like the the original one's missing um, missing something on the outside. It's the bitterness on the back end. You think so? Yep. Yeah, one tastes very grainy and the other's just like not. That's exactly what it is. It's the bitterness. Hmm. Somehow, when they... I don't know if they're brewing it with a different grain, which I doubt it, because they've got the technology out there, which is the... Um, membrane technology that can take the alcohol out and leave the same taste. I'm not catching that here. Yeah, no, it's. A, I think it's probably the same grain bill. It's. It's kind of sad that I almost like the flavor of the non-alcoholic better. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bitter. It's a much smoother drinking beer. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it is. It it's, does it's lack the very interesting. On, yeah. yeah. Then watch Debbie come in here and blow us up. Yeah, and then I'll look retarded, but I don't care. Yeah. I've done it before. Where's she at? I don't know. Oh my lord! How are I, we supposed to do a bit and then she doesn't even show up? Well, you know, we just have to pause. Should we call and, Tim? Ooh, call Timmy. Hey Tim, lifeline to Timmy. What do you think, dude? <laughs> All right, let's pause. See what Debbie has to say. There's just one Schlitz, yeah, yeah, nothing else comes near. When you're out of Schlitz, you're out of beer. You like it like with a big taste too. There's only one move that will do when you're out of slips. You're out of beer. Real gusto in the great night beer slips. All right. The official verdict. Outside, the first one we tried. Non-alcoholic. As we stated. And the second one, the more bitter, has the booze. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're interesting beers, right? Well, and I, I, I think from a from a consumer standpoint, if you've got to go drink a beer with your buddies, you're the designated driver, will this work for you drinking the beer? I don't know. I, I tend to like that flavor more than I like the alcohol flavor on that particular beer style, which mm, is weird. I'm torn on that. Like if I'm if I'm the designated driver, right, and and I've got to go drink, my buddies are going to drink beer, mm-hmm. right. I'm not drinking a non-alcoholic beer. I'm probably going to have a Coke, a Sprite, um, an iced tea. Really? I'm going to have I'm going to have something else. Yeah, I mean, what? Like I'm not. First of all, I enjoy iced tea. I enjoy a lemonade. Well, sure, sure. I enjoy a sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He just pulled the sarsaparilla yeah, card. But, like, I'm probably not going to reach for a non-alcoholic beer at five bucks, right? Well, get... you got a point there. Yeah. Yeah. From a cost standpoint, it's probably not going to make sense. But if if you're 
If you're a diehard beer fan, and for whatever reason you can't drink that night, that's probably not a bad way to go. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I think that's what they're trying to cater to. Maybe. I don't know what it's going to take off. I still stand by like who's drinking non-alcoholic beer? Like beer, I like the taste of beer, but I like what I get from beer. Sure, on the edge and the booze feeling. Yes, right. I mean, yes, but. If I didn't have that, I can think of a hundred of other things I'm drinking. Than beer. Than beer. Yeah. Right. But there's obviously a segment of the population that likes non-alcoholic beer. Because look at Athletic Brewing. They Their entire brewery is non-alcoholic beers. Yeah, I get it. And I just, they're still around. We'll see. I think we'll see in five or ten years what how much of this is left. Right. Sure. Non alcoholic yeah. beer has been around forever, right? We've right. known about Odell's. Yep. And, yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I was at Bymart today looking at gardening stuff, and I walked by their beer aisle, and there's now like seven different, including domestic non alcoholic beer beers. options. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously a thing. I just. Uh, now, the question is, is, is it a fad? Yeah. Is it like seltzer? Right? Yeah. Yeah, is yeah. it going to be something? And seltzer is going to be around. It's just not going to be at the same level it's been for the last several years. Right. So, um, speaking of seltzers, I saw Bail Breakers going ass crazy with seltzers. They released another couple seltzers. Really? Yeah. So, huh? Interesting stuff. All right. Well, let's jump into you a little bit of crowd sourcing, okay. crowdfunding. This is not your heart. It's not my heart. It's Kickstart the Kickstart heart. All right, Kickstart my heart. So, uh, listeners will probably remember the last several episodes. We've had a hard time. Oh, it's been light. Um, coming up with. Like uh, beer topics on Kickstarter. It's been so, lighthearted. Yeah, it's been tough. <laughs> <laughs> lighthearted, exactly. So um, I, I typed into the Google machine earlier today, beer yeah. and brewing into Kickstarter. And there's actually surprisingly a lot of stuff that popped up in there. So Fantastic. Um, so here we go. <laughs> Kickstarter beer. So uh, when we type in beer into Kickstarters, there's 2,289 projects, right? So a lot of those are from the old, from like years past yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, So when you sort it by newest, in comes Brewhead Craft Seasonings. So let's just open Brewhead Craft Seasonings. Craft seasoning, not crap. Yeah, craft. <laughs> crap. So this is a former professional brewer and now a culinary creator. Okay. And he wants to take his passion for craft beer with his passion for things, all things culinary. Uh huh. And he basically has made flavors to put on like beef, pork, fish, chicken. Okay. That are beer related. Gotcha. So he's got an all-purpose rub, a brewhead craft seasonings rub. Um, all sorts of stuff here. Dude's looking for fifteen hundred bucks to get his thing up and running. All He's right. at four hundred bucks with eight backers. He's got eighteen days to go. 
Okay. So, again, if you want to help this dude, he's a brewer, ex-brewer. Ex-brewer. Now a chef, and he wants to make craft beer-inspired seasonings and rubs. Mm. So, um, for six bucks, you get a label collector. For And so that means you get some... You get a coaster. You get a sticker. Okay. Uh, Fifteen bucks. You get an ice cold one. So you get some a beer coaster, a sticker, and a bottle of the seasoning. Okay. So he's selling that. Let's go all the way to the top here. A hundred bucks. You get the party pack. It's a cooler bag. It's four bottles of the seasoning, a t-shirt, a coaster, and a sticker. Now I'm curious. Are this are the seasonings liquid or are they dry rubs? They're dry rubs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it says dry rubs here. So. Yeah. And it looks like it's an all-purpose rub. looks like with hops. So Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how you're going to get that in, as a dry rub without being hopped. That's weird. Huh. All right. Okay. So then we go on to um, the Underdog Brewing Company. It's got 18 days left to go. It's Savannah, Georgia. They're looking for ten grand. they have got eight. Uh, 39 backers. Okay. Again, they're looking for 10 grand. They're at $2,621. They got a long ways to go. Dude, they're just waiting on you. Listener, mm. if you've got 8000 bucks right now, you you're can plug making, these guys in. Make an underdog brewing happening. So, this is a Savannah based brewery um, by Jeremy Hammonds, former lead brewer of Southbound Brewing Company and head brewer for Hopatomica in Savannah. And he basically wants to make his own beer. Okay. And uh, he wants to focus on American and German beers while also serving hazy, sours, and seltzers. And uh, <laughs> and go from there. I'm not investing any money if he's making seltzers. Oh, boy. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, Jeremy. <clears throat> um, what else we got here? Let's kick this around a little bit. So um, how about... Bedtime beers. Bedtime beers or beer con VBG twenty two. Let's go bedtime beers. <laughs> uh, this is written in German, so I don't think we're gonna know really what we gotta go. But so it's it's a German company. Oh obviously. no, we got it. Good. Yeah, it's German. Right? So eight hundred and fifteen bucks so far. They're looking for nineteen thousand seven hundred and seventy one. Damn, how many more days they got uh, to go? Forty six days okay, to go. Okay, that's why. Yeah, that's why. So they got a long time to go. They just started. These dudes are, it's Bedtime Beers out of the UK, interestingly Ooh. enough. Here at Bedtime's Beer, we do not believe in basic, but when it comes to flavor, standards, atmosphere, and service, um, they basically want to kick some ass. So they want to, they're not completely traditional. They want to go back to the 1800s and respect the craft. Okay. They don't really. They got a whole lot here. They're talking about. So, sounds like they want to revive the brewing styles of the old days. Yeah, yeah. The problem with that I have with Kickstarter is that these guys actually sound kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but their paragraph is really hard to sort through. So, right. and they're looking at doing like a bed and breakfast when I start tearing through this. Okay. And beer in a brewery. So cool beans. All right. Great, but. It almost should be bullet pointed instead of like this huge paragraph of information. All right. Well, so if so you want to invest. So just a quick synopsis. That's what they need. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. well, if you got money, invest in bedtime brewers. Oh, yeah. Keep-
All right, we're back. There's well, your Kickstarters. Kickstarters. Essentially an English beer company. What else did we have? Something else. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Irish beers. So. All right, well, we'll have it in the show notes there uh, if you want to support any of those. Um, essentially, you've got some rubs. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, if you want to rub yourself rubs. with some uh, beer-flavored rubs. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. You can definitely do it. And then you can go to England and stay in a bed and breakfast. With I beer. If you could, I wonder if you could go to the bed and breakfast, beer. drink the beer, and rub yourself. You could, but you got to take the rub with you. Yeah. Well, so you can do all of that on Kickstarter if you just had a little bit of money. All of it. All of it. Yep. So, all right. Well, let's recap this bad boy. So... We had a Guinness on Nitro, a fifty four forty Life of the Patty. Yep, a little bit of beer left in that. Great can. beer. Uh, Block fifteen, Favorable Fortune, Dry Irish Stout, O'Hara's Irish Stout Nitro, and then we did a blind taste testing of Black Butte Porter and non alcoholic Black Butte Porter, of which we nailed. Nice job, buddy. We nailed it. Yeah, we killed that one. Yep. So, and then we did a little bit of discussion on how to grow your own hops. Yes. Yep. Talked a little bit about brewing and what we've been doing. <laughs> or lack of. Or lack of, <laughs> right? So, or not controlling your temp- fermentation temperatures. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah. And I think that's all we got. So, I think on the next episode, we may have a little bit on um, a brewer that's coming up. But I also thought in the future we could reach out to some potential or some homebrew clubs in the area. And I think that would be a good focus outside of the brewing stuff and the legacy stuff we plan on doing. Yeah. But reach out to some of the homebrew clubs around us and figure out what they've got going on. So That'd be fantastic. I know Aloha's got a uh, brew pu- uh, uh, homebrew club. Okay. And then Portland's got a seven or eight that are listed on the AHA site. Okay. So we should reach out, get people on. Maybe even show up to some of their events. See what they're up and to. And do some interviews. Yeah. yeah. So look for that on a future episode. Um, as always, rate, uh, provide comments, do all that type of stuff. Uh, we're on YouTube now. So certainly at this point, you can catch us on an audio clip on YouTube. Yes. So search us out and give us a rating. So, But thank you for listening, and we'll be back at you soon. Tim Beers. Tim Beers. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers Podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers. Tim Beers.